Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hello, Ashley. Delora, how are you, darling? Amazing. You know what I realized? Um, that part of the reason why we sing what what we're saying <laughs> is largely, largely influenced by the great, oh, Queen Mother, Oprah. You think that's where it comes from? I think so. I think so. <laughs> because after watching this interview, and she, she did her moments, I'm like... <gasps> That's from Oprah. <laughs> See, I thought it was just black culture, right? We just got that soul in our voice. You just That's cannot help. That's but just to what it is. Saying your words every now and again, you know? It's the spirit. <laughs> Ashley, this is our 21st episode. Yes, I've been singing her 21 uh song <laughs> for the last 10 minutes. I love it. I love it. No Adele, huh? But she didn't Sorry, have anything I love specifically you, but... 21. It was just the entire album. Right? And her is living her best life right now. So she is. She's yes. one of my fave. Mine too, girl. Well, so are we go ahead. Go ahead. Are we gonna are we gonna do our shot? Absolutely. I was gonna say, in honor. Cheers, darling. Cheers. And cheers to all you lovely listeners out there. If you want to take a shot. Woo! I'm going to do a little bit of a chaser. Guys, I'm drinking Crown Apple, as usual. Delora, what are you sipping on? Terramana from my boo, The Rock. Guys, Delora really got me on that Terramana. I have a bottle in my refrigerator currently. <laughs> tequila. Tequila. Yes, it is a tequila. Um, Crown is still my go-to at the moment. But I don't know. I'm getting a little... You know, every now and again, you need to change. So if anybody has some good liquor recommendations, go ahead and drop that in the DMs or a comment. Love to hear it. Thank you so much. Please let us know. And so now it's time for our hot topics. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, let's see how this tequila is going to be treating me by the end of this podcast. Okay. (laughs) Ashley, the world has been talking about this hot topic for the last three days nonstop, mm-hmm. a block on every news outlet it's the juice it's the juice right we're now. talking about <laughs> oprah's interview with megan and harry mm-hmm. so you know i was glued on sunday i made sure everything was together my cable <laughs> connection my antenna what have you was not together. you check the cable connection <laughs> girl Because what I was not going to do was miss this interview. In this interview, and and I also want to say this, Gail knows how to hype up her girlfriend, as always. And she was just like, Oprah told me this is the best interview she's ever done. This is like a week out, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And when I tell you there were bombs, okay, 
tea was spilled. The tea was so hot, Ashley. It was, it was scalding. It is because so... some mofo, some mofos got scalded for sure. <laughs> Ashley, so let's get into this. Okay, so I'm going to talk about um, the interview in in section. So I the themes that I found in this interview were protection, racism, their baby, which is a happy side note and the fallout and we'll get into the fallout of of the interview after we discuss this interview okay protection during this interview megan is pretty much telling us that she did not feel protected by the royal family Mm -hmm. she essentially said that she gave up everything she she mentioned she gave up her passport her keys obviously her life before she was an independent woman a self-made woman right yes yes um and in hopes that she would be protected by the royal family and they did nothing ashley not a dang on thing she even slid this in she's like they're willing to lie Mm. for some family members then tell the truth Mm. for me and one of those moments she talked about how they reversed the story. They reversed the story about Megan making Kate cry. Yes. Because in actuality, it was Kate that made Megan cry. And mm-hmm. that's racism in itself because they weaponized a white woman's tears, Ashley. As Sonny Hostin so beautifully said on The View. And I this picked that up week. very quickly. And my girl Lovey, she wrote a whole uh, article a couple of years ago and she reprinted, <laughs> she reposted it on social media like weaponizing white women's tears. That's a thing. Yes. Okay, let's keep going. Protection. They didn't protect this baby. She said that they weren't going to give him a title. And they weren't going to give him protection. And they dropped Harry's protection when they w- moved to Canada. Wild. All, they weren't even... Oh, the biggest thing for me, Ashley, was the fact that they actually didn't want to leave. They were essentially pushed out. And this was a prime signal. That and them cutting off the money. Cutting off the purse, Ashley. What are your thoughts on this before we go further in on this time, um, this interview? I was going to say, I know I'm just throwing in words here and there, but this was so much. It's, I had, it's so much. I had no idea that if the, it was, if they were going to be this candid, I'll be completely honest that I was shocked. I was making that Oprah face every five minutes Yes. Um, because they were, they lived in their truth. I will say that mm-hmm. the idea that they were going to treat Archie differently apparently than they treated William and Kate's children the idea that they would strip the prince who was born a prince of his his security and then also not realize the extreme circumstances around his family because I mean the the amount of intrigue and pressure and everything that went into their union and their family and all the criticism and all the you know they were on every tabloid they were everywhere yes. you're telling me you're not going to give these people security a security it, it, it was almost like they wanted to they were pushing him out and they were sicking the media on them because when he said they moved to canada 
when their location was found out where they were staying at a friend's house, that's when he realized, okay, I, I have no security and I don't have any money. Yeah. They had to escape to California to stay with freaking Tyler Perry, Ashley. Tyler Perry. When I tell you that was like, are you kidding me? Tyler Perry is protecting the of Royals when your own people. family won't protect you and gave them security. And like, paid for their security, Ashley. That's a hell of a friend right there. And Diana having to be the MVP as well. Like, I just... Even it in was, death. It was Ugh. unfathomable the degree to which the information was coming out and spilling and I appreciated it because listen thank you for taking back the full curtain I felt that it was a continuation of a narrative that Diana was trying to tell and the crown girl and the crown crown. but listen this is reality right people can dismiss the crown as being fiction when you have Prince Harry Yes. himself coming out and saying listen they're trapped my brother and my father are trapped I was unhappy I was trapped I didn't know I was a part of this cycle I didn't even realize it mm-hmm. Megan saved my life wow. by helping me to see past this and get out of this I mean that is mind-blowing for someone of that stature to come absolutely. out and say mind absolutely all right Ashley so the two nuclear bombs that they dropped the first <laughs> why being... do i have bombs over baghdad going in my head <laughs> <laughs> forgive me guys girl me. <laughs> megan admitted ashley that the scrutiny was so much and her being lonely because because of the scrutiny she wasn't allowed to leave mm-hmm. she felt alone and isolated and mm-hmm. could not find help she considered taking her own life chilling i mean that was devastating i think that we could have never understood the full extent to which she possibly could have been in pain like i think it had reached a point especially when they refer back to that interview where megan tells the reporter like no one has ever thought to ask me if i'm okay I knew then that something was clearly wrong, but to the extent that she was thinking about suicide, especially while she was pregnant with her child. She said, he was like, oh no, you can't go. She's like, I can't be left alone. Alone. I mean, it was, that's some scary stuff. And then to ask for help, reach out for help and to be told, no, be told this is not a good look is horrifying. And to put yourself in Megan's shoes, right? She was stripped of everything she's ever known. Her she life, gave up everything, her for this, country, this man and his family. Yeah. And just looking into the veil, as you said, like on the crown and things like that, mm-hmm. I can only imagine what that reality has to be. Like, remember, Diana supposedly threw herself down the steps yes. when she was pregnant as a she cry was. out for help. So. Yes. The realities of this situation are so much darker and sadder than Especially I think most people can no imagine. Support. There was that's no the princess thing. book. Absolutely no and support. that's another thing. It, it, it's almost like, did they want her to fail? Like, she came in. One could think. She had no direction. I remember mm-hmm. seeing freaking articles all the time saying she's breaking royal protocol. She's breaking royal protocol. If she didn't have any support or any type, anyone showing, showing her the ropes... Of course, she might break royal protocol, but you this know, this is not the Princess Diaries. It's not. Nobody it's picked not. her up. Nobody showed her how to do things. Nobody gave her a makeover. She did not have. I kept kept seeing the memes about where was Joe. I wish Joe was around to protect them. There yes. is no Joe. This there is was not no a film. Joe. 
this was this was her real life and ashley this <laughs> this interview was so explosive i know they have more i know they have more and they have receipts delora i feel like they have so much tea that could have been spilled and they chose because you could tell during the conversation how much they paused and thought about what they were going to say before they said it yes you can tell and the fact that they still protected the queen in my mind in terms of not that was specifically obvious yeah they were not specifically ever trying to throw her under the bus they would say the family but then they would say oh but the queen has been lovely my relationship with the Spoke queen is the entire yeah. time and and they and made think- sure also to say that it wasn't her or philip who said the race the because Philip was number one on my list. That but said we'll, something we'll about Archie's race. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. okay. So cry for help. and wasn't there. And I will add this. Having been pregnant, emotionally, it is one of the most vulnerable times in your mm, life to the I point where, I mean, things will trigger you for, and you don't even know why. It's almost like an outer body experience. So to your hormones are on 20 right on a thousand okay (laughs) and to have so much negative you know growing up we would always say sticking stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me that's actually entirely incorrect Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. words hurt i mean very much so the bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue okay so i can only imagine the weight of the world being on this woman's shoulder and that was with her not reading anything herself and this is her getting the the um responses from her family and mm-hmm. friends and even and imagine her mama father. imagine her mama a black woman sitting back you know her mama got a list she got a hit list <laughs> yes she does but but her thinking it would probably be easier if i wasn't here that is that I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay. I got to get to this other nuclear bomb. In talking about this during her pregnancy, she talked about how there were conversations that this child will not have any title and zero security Mm -hmm. and concerns over the color of this child. My mouth was on the floor, Ashley. Absolutely. You could see Megan was like, oh, shit, I can't believe what I just said. Because she, like, had to readjust. She did. She, like, she got a little she hot. Did. Like, oh, God. Yeah, that was the thing about the internet saying, I know Oprah being a woman of the South is not surprised of racism. Of course she's not. The thing that I love about Oprah, she said, it wasn't that I was surprised that they had this conversation. She was like, I was surprised that she told me this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying like i had no idea the tea was gonna be this it's much it's so i hot. had no idea like again i appreciate the candor i appreciate the honesty yes because they you didn't have to this be up. They, they did not have, have to, be. to be and of course i'm gonna put this in also we're talking about the british royal family mm-hmm. we're talking about how harry's grandmother and grandfather are actually cousins so the idea that they will feel some kind of way this is these are facts ashley no i believe you i i'm sorry guys you can't see me but i just made a total face because i did not know that <laughs> i don't i don't follow 
follow them as closely as you do. Girl, so I didn't blue know bloods, that. Blue bloods. I mean, I so it's I knew that there was. I knew that there was inbreeding, yes. for lack of a better word, to keep the royal blood line pure. That's historically factual for sure. But I just didn't know that this was the case for the queen and Philip. <laughs> I don't know where yes, I've ma'am. been. I don't know yes, where ma'am. I've been. But thank you for that. <laughs> but of course, these people who colonized the world. Of course, they're going to and introduced slavery and so many other atrocities. Of course, they're going to feel some kind of way about a quarter black child. It again is not especially. <laughs> I'm done. I, I can't. I know, I, I, I'm sorry, guys. I feel like I'm probably not being as eloquent on the mic today as I need to be because it's so crazy to me this interview was so crazy to me so I'm at a little bit of a loss for words but I will say this for sure I was definitely shocked about all the information that was given in that interview but as I told you before this happened if anyone could get out the tea it is Oprah freaking Winfrey I knew that if anybody interviewed them and they would be able to feel comfortable enough to really open up it was going to be Oprah. So first of all, kudos to her for an excellent, excellent interview. She was me. She was you. She was all of us. She was asking those follow-ups like, hold on, hold on. Um, so I asked you about your brother and you didn't really answer me. (laughs) What's your relationship with William? It's like, who said that shit? Okay. I respect you. All right, Harry, who said that? No, listen, (laughs) what, what's really good. And then you also sent me another one. Like, I don't fuck with you, but we blood, right? Like, yo, that's that. We're space. Our relationship is space. Cause I don't fuck with you right now. <laughs> you showed your whole ass. You and, showed and, your whole ass. And so, like you're you're speaking to. So the other revelations, Prince Charles has stopped taking Harry's calls, which is WTF! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Trying to be super respectful, but Girl. Charles, you ain't shit. Period. You ain't shit point you are that man's father he has no mother his mother died tragically he has one parent and you stop taking your son's calls and as you also mentioned there's space between the brothers and so the thing that i wanted to wrap this all up before we get into the actual fallout of the interview is i felt like the royal family allowed Meghan Markle to be the media's punching bag to hide the scandal of Prince Andrew and his relationship with Epstein. And quiet as it's kept, there's also an awful rumor that Prince William was having an affair with Kate, one of Kate's friends. I just saw that. I just saw that news in the aftermath of everything that happened. I wasn't aware of that entanglement, but I guess it would be a like father, Thank like you son, with if that's the, entanglements. the case. Oh my God. You know, <laughs> yes, let, let the entanglements live on, okay? But, but Delora, also another bombshell was the relationship that the crown has with the press because i was not fully aware of that relationship and about the again entanglements that's why i also feel like they sick sick them on her or if nothing else they let it go on that's the thing like it's almost that it's almost that you know you may not have uh 
antagonized it, but you didn't stop it. And, and that says, that's it's still almost a like the silence. It's like if you see something racist or wrong, exactly. silence is complicity. Exactly. You're complicit in what happened to Megan for sure. And again, the additional layers that happened where I'm reaching out for help, Harry's reaching out for help. We didn't blindside anybody. We talked about this for years. Nobody's really there for us. I can't wait till you get to the statement from the palace because that was girl, some bullshit. Girl. And 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 like you said, the way that the media framed them leaving was Megxit when in actuality, all they wanted to do was step down and it, it wasn't even unprecedented what they were asking for. And essentially, based off of the royal family's behavior, it seemed like they just wanted them out, frankly. Crazy. So Ashley, the fallout. So based off my timeline, it felt like two days, but I think in actuality, <laughs> it was about a day before the palace had anything to say. Mind you, the palace was out here. No, I think you're right, Laura. I think it may have been 48 hours. I think Was it right. a full? I, think I thought it, it. I think it was the interview aired Sunday night. So maybe not a full 48, but it was two days in the sense of we had one day that passed and then it mm-hmm. wasn't until the next day that we had a statement. Exactly. And uh, here's this weak-ass statement. Okay. (laughs) The following statement is issued by Buckingham Palace on behalf of Her Majesty the Queen. The whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary, Lord. they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Mm-hmm. Harry, Meghan, and Archie will always be much loved family members. That meme where Viola Davis is sitting down, she gets up and grabs her purse. <laughs> that's my response to that bullshit that's my response to that this was so weak it was so weak ashley you might as well have not said anything because what you said was oh that was that was unfortunate uh i guess we'll talk about it behind closed doors which means you're not gonna do a goddamn thing not a thing not a thing and again they were out here puffing their chest talking about there's an hr investigation about megan bullying that's three years Mm -hmm. old no but one again, again don't want to investigate campaign. nothing about Andrew and his picture with a young lady who said, Listen, I was one of Epstein's sex slaves and I had sex with Prince Andrew. Period. Period. Full stop. And again, the media, the headline news, the most um incendiary interview in 85 years or something the the palace has ever seen. Again, Andrew's interview from 2019 was awkward was um you mean where this man say he doesn't sweat <laughs> excuse me it he was said so bad ashley sweat. it was so bad and even the interviewer knew interview for him for his sake and somehow megan and harry speaking their truth was the most insinuary thing that's ever happened to buckingham palace again they're using her as a scapegoat and I'm proud of Megan and Harry's, especially Megan, for saying, hey, I'm taking the narrative back. I oh, was absolutely. silenced. Absolutely. And, and, and here's our truth. And again, based off this week's statement by the palace, 
you know Megan and, Hel- and Megan and Harry has have receipts, mm-hmm. and they will. Again, I thought Harry was gonna say that shit. Like, who said? Who no. asked about it? I know he was gonna say it. But that's what I. That's what I give them kudos for too. Is like to think about possibly because especially when he talked about his father you could tell that him and his father have really 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 fallen out right Mm -hmm. and so but it's like that family loyalty at the end of the day I'm not gonna put my family all the way all the way out here because I will always love them will always be my family so I respected that and Harry and that at the end of the day you know things may have happened things may have transpired but that's still my family I have respect for that but at the same time I think they said enough that was damaging enough to give us the realities like I said of the situation and um, the article you sent me earlier about, you know, it seeming like Barbados is finally going to really, um, you know, declare Remove their the full independence. Yeah. And if other of, uh, you know, na- nations that are minority led follow suit, um, you know, I think change is coming. And I think that it's probably been well overdue. And I want to say this, I want to put a caveat on this for those who are listening. Cause I know we have some UK listeners for yes. our podcast. We are two black women, American born and bred who yes. are giving our perspective. This is not intended to be an overreach as if we know better, or we have a perspective that is of that nation. You know, mm-hmm. this is us speaking from our perspective. So and I don't want to be offensive. Absolutely. She is an American. So, but I, I just say that because I want to make sure that any UK listeners are not like you two Americans, you know, <laughs> right? Do you have to speak on these issues? Mm-hmm. We're just giving you guys our perspective. Yes. So I, mean, I, I, the last thing I was just going to say was I think that Princess Diana will forever be the MVP, period. Goat. <laughs> forever i mean period so the last thing i'm gonna say fallout with pierce morgan um pierce morgan host of good morning britain you can probably imagine all the people in america george stephanopoulos all right good morning america his equivalent he obviously hates megan Mm. he obviously just does not like her he doesn't have the time a day for her and a personal grudge personal grudge i'm glad that the video clip has made its way on the internet about how they shared a dinner together or not even dinner it wasn't a date i'm not gonna call it that but they spent some time together and she left and ghosted him and he has been salty ever since and it's been obvious ever since she's married him so he's going he's been on record saying that he didn't trust anything that she had to say it was the oscar performance of her life and that he questioned her mental health well, Ashley, there were 41,000 complaints <laughs> made uh, to, you know, Britain's that station mm-hmm. about his comments about Meghan Markle specifically when it came to her, her mental health. It's also been said that she personally wrote a letter um, saying how um, this is offensive for people who've had similar thoughts you know, and you need to check on it. So I always like to put in quotation that he quit, Ashley, um, because I feel like it might've been one of those mutual agreements 
<laughs> and now he's he's talking about he's willing to die for spe- free speech. Ashley, yeah, what are your this thoughts is a heel he's willing to die on. Uh, be blessed and keep it pushing. I don't follow Pierce Morgan's career. I don't mm-hmm. care if he never returns to television. From what I saw of the clips and things like that, he's one of those people who can dish it but can't take it because Period. girl sit on that these. Clip was delicious. When yeah, the weatherman was like, "You obviously have a personal vendetta against her because." Uh, that one night one time over and she's never said anything about you like you just come for her on the regular and it you're you want to sit here and we have to sit here and listen to you day in and day out but you can't listen to what i have to say i mean he, seemed... he couldn't take two minutes actually so he expected this woman to be barraged for the last four years and yeah. not have any type of mental um exhaustion of that type of hate he just seems like someone who, again, wants to be heard but has no capacity to listen because he's formed his own opinion. He's even said now, days later, I stand by what I said. He has people like Sharon Osbourne coming out and supporting him in his that wrongness. That made my blood boil. Yeah, I don't know if any if you guys out there have watched the talk. We're doing this on a Wednesday, and the episode was cringeworthy uh, where they were addressing her, tweeting her support for Pierce Morgan and his right to free speech. Um, I'll say that, again, if he does not get another job, it won't make a difference to me He'll one get way another or another. Job, unfortunately. I, I do not feel that people who get on television or on platforms just to antagonize or bash or be negative um, deserve my attention. So that's really all I have to say about Pierce Morgan. Well said. Well, it was one of the most delicious moments of uh, the fallout for this Megan <laughs> <laughs> Harry interview. And on a happier note, I'm going to end Hot Topics with they're having a baby girl. I just think that's so sweet. She's you know, Diana's going to be in the name somewhere. Absolutely. Um, and the baby girl is due in the summer. So, Ashley. Congratulations. Is there anything else about this interview that's noteworthy besides the memes? <laughs> girl, I think that's really it. The memes and then her attire. I mean, it was so uh intentional and it was intentional with certain messaging so megan i'm glad you feel like you've gotten your voice back i'm glad that it seems like you and harry are living your best lives and i'll be rooting from you guys from the sidelines and i also want to point out i love how black women support our own beyonce has been on record supporting megan serena gabrielle union so many people so come through live your life safety health love happiness all the things are we ready to move into our recap are we going to zamunda girl speaking of royalty (laughs) we're going back to zamunda coming to america number two this time this is the sequel to the much beloved cult classic coming to america from 1988 uh the film dropped march 5th on Amazon Prime, it is PG-13, the original was rated R. Amazon reported that the film drew the most opening weekend viewers of any movie during the pandemic. So essentially top weekend of any film in the past 12 months. No hard stats, but I guess we're supposed to take Amazon's word for it. That's what Netflix does. You know they do. (laughs) 
A quick summary, the African monarch, Akeem, learns he has a long lost son in the United States and must return to America to meet this unexpected heir and build a relationship with his son. The director of Hustle and Flow fame, Craig Brewer. Screenplay by the one and only Kenya Barris, as well as Barry Blaustein and David Sheffield, who actually have worked with Eddie for some years, going mm-hmm. all the way back to Boomerang, the original mm-hmm. Coming to America and Nutty Professor. I have to mention this because the costumes were on point. Oscar-winning costume yeah. designer Ruth E. Carter brought out her tricks for this one because it was beautiful, beautiful. Yes. Let's get into the cast real quick. We have Eddie Murphy back as Prince Akeem, as well as Clarence, Saul, and Randy Watson. (laughs) (laughs) Arsenio Hall as Simi, Morris, Reverend Brown, and Baba. We have newcomer Jermaine Fowler as Lavelle Johnson. We have Leslie Jones as his mother, Mary Johnson. We have Tracy Morgan as his uncle, Uncle Reen. We have Kiki Lane as uh, Keem's daughter, Mika. We so have, beautiful. She was gorge. We have Sherry Headley back as Lisa, Princess Lisa, who becomes Queen Lisa. We have Wesley Snipes as General Izzy. We have James Earl Jones back as King Jaffe Jaffa. We have John Amos back as Cleo McDowell. We have Tiana Taylor as Mopoto or Bopoto. We fun. have, yeah, girl, these names. We have Vanessa Bell Calloway. We have Vanessa Bell Calloway back as Imani Izzy. We have Paul Bates as Oha back. We have Nom Zamo Bata as Marimbe. We have Bella Murphy, Eddie Murphy's daughter, as mm-hmm. Oma. We have Akili Love as Tanashi. We have Garcelle back as Rosebearer Priestess. We have Rotini as Edie Easy. And I just want to give a shout out to special appearances by comedians such as Louis Anderson returning, Trevor Noah in a very funny uh, role in cameo. You want to give all the cameos away? No, no, no. I'm not giving them all. I'm just giving you some of the comedians. Michael mm-hmm. Blackson and Lou Nail. So those are just <laughs> some of the comics who appear throughout. So ratings and reviews for this film. Uh, yeah, Ooh. yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, 51% critic score, 46% audience score, 82% though of Google users like this film. Mm-hmm. Delora, I've given others opinions. Now it's time for ours. Give me your grade for coming to America. All right, Ashley. This movie was fine. It was just, <laughs> it was fine. It was fine, you know? Um, I felt like it was a kid's bop version of Coming to America, the first one. A kid's bop. (laughs) So I gave this film a B minus because the story wasn't awful, but there were some issues. And I genuinely laughed. I genuinely laughed. There has have been multiple movies I've watched that are quote-unquote comedies that I don't laugh at all. I got some good laughs. (laughs) That's why it's a B minus. How about you, Ashley? Well, that is wonderful. Um, I gave it a C. And 
I have to be honest, my C is an improvement off of the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it is what brought it up because I have to say, I'm definitely one of those people who feels you should let sleeping dogs lie. This was not a sequel that I felt needed to ever be made. Mm -hmm. So I was curious, but was not overly enthusiastic about this sequel, but for the culture yeah. Obviously, we needed to talk about it, right? I might uh, have an unpopular opinion, Ashley. I, I mean, I'm sure some people are, are with you. No, I think no, my no. brother... No, what I was going to say was, I technically thought this was funnier than the first. Oh, yeah, you definitely have an unpopular opinion. And I say that because <laughs> I feel like we appreciate the first for all the cultural references, but I rewatched it before I watched the second one, and I didn't really laugh that much. But see, you're looking at it through the lens of today versus coming to America is fucking hilarious. The original is uh, hilarious. I still say lines from that movie. It's still not my favorite. Like, I quote it. I love sexual chocolate. I love, she's your queen to be. Yes. Like, like, I'm there. I'm there. But rewatching it, I'm like, Oh, well, did I laugh at all the jokes already? Like, I don't, I don't know. Again, I think you're looking at them your lens of today because that movie is hilarious. I definitely still quote it to this day. Um, but for me, this second film, as I was mentioning, I had a couple moments of humor. Leslie Jones is really the standout for me in terms of moments that I probably laughed at the more than anybody. I think she's ever been for me. Honestly. And then it just seemed like everybody involved was having such a good time right like it seemed like they were having so much fun so I appreciate it and I also I mean Eddie Murphy has been on every show that I've watched over the past week or so talking about this I'm loving the candle backdrop that he has it puts me in the mood every time so funny but but I just feel like you know the intention behind it the excitement for it the idea that you know this is a cult classic he felt he could build upon for all those reasons when I watched it the second time I watched it with kinder eyes I watched it for what it was versus my expectations or trying to put onto it what I felt it should be. Mm-hmm. So that's why my grade for this film is a C. But I will say it's a, this movie has mixed reviews. Okay. I mean, as we obviously just mentioned with Rotten Tomatoes, it is not going to be beloved in the way that the first film was. But I think for people who did love it, it's levity. It's an an, an escape. It's a chance to go back to this world. Yeah, and see what these characters have been up to. Did it move forward, the storyline? Really? No, but it was fun. Mm -hmm. First of all, Lisa like live for me like I was like yo Lisa I'm glad you haven't lost that edge because for a minute I thought she had and I was like Lisa come through yeah I thought she had lost her edge for a minute but let's get into the meat let me go ahead and give our spoiler alert as we move into the good good of the film so Delora this is 33 years since the original film, right? But we open going right on back to Zamunda. Mm-hmm, same opening. Prince Akeem and Princess Lisa and everyone else are celebrating their 30th anniversary. Fun fact, this palace is actually owned by Rick Ross, <laughs> who Love appears it. in the film. So yes. kudos to you, sir. Um I love that they were bringing McDowell's to the motherland in this in this opening sequence. It was so funny because I wondered how much Lisa's family was going to be included 
in the sequel. So to see her dad is still around, he's come to Samunda, stuff like that was nice the for me. What do you think about me, the opening? The joke for me with the McDowells is the fact that it's supposedly in the med- middle of the desert. I'm like, so where's the power lines for electricity and, <laughs> and the plumbing? You the going water? real technical. You going <laughs> like this must be the joke because this is so unrealistic. Yeah, I just love that he's still talking about the difference between him and McDonald's all these yes. years later. The he's McFlurry. Good. He's like 81 years old. Like Cleo's impressive. hanging in there. Cleo is hanging in there. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the opening sequence. It was and luscious. I missed her sister. I did miss her. I had to look that up post-film because I was like, where is Patrice? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just so unsure of I know at the end of the first film it seemed like she was going to go off with Daryl so maybe they're supposed to be off living their best life but they didn't even mention her they did at all that so that's why I was saying I wasn't sure how much Lisa's family was going to be included in the second film so I'm glad at least we have daddy who's mm-hmm. still around right um so we move on to the next dorian crew led by the one and only wesley snipes aka general izzy i loved his intro by michael blackson the most yes. well endowed man in africa the Girl. inspiration for mufasa <laughs> hilarious so he is also of note the brother of imani from the first film who mm-hmm. akeem did not choose to marry right mm-hmm. he he decided at that point that was when he was going to go to America and find his love, or as his father said, sow his royal oats. Mm-hmm. But General Izzy comes to the to the um, palace because he wants to unite the family. So he's talking about the poverty that mm-hmm. his country is experiencing. So first we see him offering his son, Rotimi. Honestly, this was the first time I cracked up. The way he did that. <laughs> That that pump that had yes. me dying. I loved it. I think Wesley Snipes is a great like. This was really a chance for him to showcase some of his more humor. But I'm talking sides. about Timmy. Oh, you like real Timmy being funny? When yes. he came out of nowhere, then he was just like, "Hey!" And then like, "Pop!" I'm like, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" <laughs> Listen, I don't feel like Power gave him enough shirtless scenes because he looks very good. And and don't get me wrong, Wesley Snipes is out here still in the scenes now, right? He was hilarious. I remember yes. leading up to this, how Eddie Murphy talked about, like, listen, Wesley can do everything. He you guys really just can. don't realize, like, he was really funny. Uh, my favorite movie, one of my top favorite movies, uh, the drag queen movie, Who Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. He was a drag queen. He was hilarious in that role. Gotcha. Well, I have not seen that. So I guess I'll have to add that to my list of 1995 legendary legendary. in the future watches. But as I was mentioning, he's come to the kingdom. He's offering his son up first to Akeem's daughter. That's a no go. Mika is not here for it. Seems like a threat, though. He's kind of given them if the family is not united. Like, it seems like he's kind of threatening war as the alternative. Yeah. Like, I have to go back to plotting your death, essentially, if we don't get this figured out. Um, meanwhile, King Joffy Joffer is dying. Delora, the mother, his mother, Prince of King's mother, has already passed away uh, by the time we get to this film. But his father's still hanging in there. But he mentions that the throne has to be passed to a male heir after Akeem passes away i have in my notes the sexism against women rulers that's what we're doing okay i know it's the law ashley it's, it's done the freaking law so at the same time though uh prince or not prince king joffer 
informs Akeem, he suddenly, he has his whole son. Unbeknownst to him, back in the day, on the, of the first film era, he got high, and Simi picked up women, after Simi picked up women from a bar, and Leslie Jones <laughs> is the one who hopped on top. He didn't realize he had even had sex with her. He thought it was a wild boar. Ashley, you do know this <laughs> is date rape, right? I mean, I will say that it definitely came across that this man was unaware that he was sexually he obviously didn't know it took him three 33 years to even <laughs> try to remotely but you know dog his memory the only reason why i don't want to go down the line of saying it's date rape is because i don't think that leslie jones character intentionally raped him was it thinking. malicious no but i it just was real that's part of my issue with this movie i'm like so this is not okay and these I mean, are all men who wrote this where were the women consultation in this it's obviously unfortunate that he had sex with her and was unaware that he had procreated right but again <sighs> the reason why i don't want to say you know sexual assault whatever because she didn't do this uh, she didn't do this against his will at all she puffed she she puffed and passed to him and he didn't know the full effects he was like oh i smoked some of her medicinal herb and then a wild boar came at me so it was not it did not fall down that line but to your point yes the way that it's phrased or seen he was not in his right mind to give consent it's just not so, okay i'm putting that out there to our listeners just and i know we had this conversation okay. with bridgerton i just think i just think they they put it in some level of shade of gray so i don't want to say like oh leslie jones raped him because i don't think that that is what happened but that but. is the definition of date rape when you drug someone and without full consent but it, is it drugging if the person takes the drug it's not like he did she didn't take the drug he didn't take the drug you know what I mean? we're not having this conversation right <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> listeners y'all be the judge because i'm just saying he it's like a puff puff pass situation she didn't know the effects it was gonna have she didn't know that he wasn't aware of what was happening he wasn't to him. able to do any of the things he needed to do to prevent this pregnancy that's what i'm trying to say he wasn't fully aware you know well, that's what and, i'm saying and i understand what you're saying what i'm saying is i don't think that she intentionally took advantage because i don't think she realized to what extent he had become inebriated that's what i'm saying mm -hmm. i don't think it was he passed out and she still hopped on top and did her thing that's mm -hmm. what i mean i don't think it was intentional on her part that's all i'll say i'm just saying it took them how many years to write this and this is what they came up with <laughs> Well, hey, I have nothing to say about the storyline. <laughs> That's totally on them. I'm just giving my perception. Let's move on. So as I mentioned, now he's realized he has a son. I love Baba, by the way, because he just came, he or she. I don't even know what gender this is supposed to be. Shaman, that it's even a matters. man. Okay. Um, he was Arsenio hilarious. Arsenio Hall. Exactly. Played by the Arsenio Hall. Um, hilarious is like, I saw it in a vision. Uh, they drew up a picture. This is what your son looks like. Take this and go find your son. Like, oh, go take this sketch and go find my son <laughs> in a whole nother country. Okay, we got you. Uh, it was also crazy how they kept calling um, Akeem weak and saying he'd be assassinated within a month yes. of becoming king if he doesn't go find his son. Oh, but the one thing I will mention for them to, you know, still be very much a patriarchal, uh, forgive me for not saying that properly. Patriarchal society. A society. 
they were able to identify that it was his shortcomings, quote unquote, of not being able to have an heir versus blaming it on the woman. So that seems like the gross. sperm designates exactly the, the gender, the not the egg. Exactly. Yeah. They throw a they throw the king as he's dying a lavish funeral, Delora, complete with this a cameo insane. by Morgan Freeman, performances by In Vogue. Salt yes. and Pepper and Gladys Knight. What do you think of this beautiful funeral? First of all, this is the other part where I started laughing because I was like, wait, is that Morgan Freeman? Like two legendary voices in the same room. OMG, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and then I started laughing when I realized, obviously they had all the big people that were big in the 80s, right? So you have In Vogue and, and Salt and Pepper and uh, Peppa forgive me and to, to hear their modified songs had me cracking up talking about uh he's cool like obama and looks good <laughs> like you know and i'm just like and then the midnight train this is a moonda oh my gosh i was like whoa and then they were clowning akeem at the end time oh couldn't have a son or something or i, I don't know hilarious hilarious they, they, they would not leave akeem alone and then he he chooses to die right or i should say he chooses he's like listen son i'm gonna die now and he dies beautifully in his ridiculous basket. this is where it was like <laughs> over the top first of all he was like i want to i want to go to my funeral and then, while I'm still alive, so I can fully enjoy everything that everyone like, has to okay, say. Okay, sure. This, I guess that's what you do, right? <laughs> For the king, absolutely. Back to Queens we go, though, Delore, because after the king's death, Akeem is like, listen, I'm going to take my daddy's advice. I'm going to go locate. They made a point of calling him his bastard son. I really hate that term. Yes. But they made a point to keep saying that. Uh, his son, once we get to cut to Queens, is going for an interview. And we meet him and his uncle, played by Tracy Morgan. And he's giving his white voice, essentially, in order to try to get this job. Code switching. This was a funny segment for a couple of reasons, or funny sequence for a couple of reasons. First of all, I love that they still incorporate Duke and Duke from Trading Places into oh, wow. this narrative. Yeah. Colin Jost plays this privileged, mm. unaware white man who is the descendant of Duke and Duke and give some very racist undertones in terms of questions he was asking, his rhetoric, yes. and was completely unaware. Colin Jost, Jost, obviously from SNL fame, if those listening him. are not aware, but I just thought it was such a funny, interesting sequence to kind of introduce us to this heir apparent. What did you think about this scene? I thought it was a great scene. I loved when he was like, neck if you buck, essentially, when he was like, Oh, so you're gonna try to play into my life. Let's 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 go into <laughs> yours, okay? Like your parents paid how much money for you to go to leverage rehab? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. like, he's like, you work quote unquote so hard for this position your father helped you get. You know, it's like and you went to rehab and your daddy took you. First of all, it was for opioids, and my mom took me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you told me, white man. Um, but no, it was just, it was very entertaining for, again, I love the, the continued throwback, uh, of I'm glad his, that you his, said his, that. his I last movies. Catch that. that oh was yeah. Egg. Yeah. It was definitely there. Cause I think they also did that at the very end of the first coming to America with their like homeless, like Duke mm -hmm. and Duke were homeless. Akeem and Simi end up rolling up on this son and see him working as a ticket scalper for a sports game. Cause they go first to the barbershop, go back to the barbershop. 
<laughs> to figure out where he might be, right? So we get so reintroduced. Those jokes. We get reintroduced hilarious. to some of the most beloved characters from the first film, right? Mm-hmm. After a little chat, though, because the son takes them to really be uh, evaluated by his mother, Leslie Jones, say, listen, is this, is this my, my daddy? You know, you, is this accurate? Yes. Yes, it is. So on that note, we're heading back to Zamunda. All right, Ashley, I need to interject here. This is part of my issue with this movie. Where's Maury? Where's the paternity <laughs> exactly. test? Exactly. Mary was a self-professed hoe. Okay. Exactly. So how do we know that this is actually your daddy? We don't exactly. know. And you're about to give him the keys to the kingdom just because he has a penis? Okay. That is absolutely what I have next in my notes. I said two things first, no DNA test. And second, you telling me this man hopped on a flight all the way to America before he talked to Lisa? Because we discover no. when he brings his ass back to Zamunda, he ain't tell Lisa shit. Poor decision making. So you ain't talked to your whole wife about this before you found out you had a son decide to go to America to track him down and bring or him back? Or your presumed heir. Nobody the in the family, but most of all, he should have absolutely had a conversation with his wife, right? Yes. But I agree with you. You know, your daddy and Baba tell you you got this son. Are you telling me there's no confirmation of that whatsoever through um, some type of testing? And you're royalty. You're a king now. Okay. A king was never this goofy, was he? He was goofy. He was definitely always goofy, but to the extent where he would possibly give over his entire kingdom and lineage. I don't know if he was ever that damn goofy, but <laughs> I digress. It is what it is. We're taking the movie as it is. Um, Lisa, though, as I mentioned, is pissed. And so is Mika, his daughter, and the person who's been training her whole life to be queen. They're not here for it. Side note, when that man came up out of Leslie Jones' bathwater, Delora, I have in my notes, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I just called it new morning routine. Girl. <laughs> the royal privates have been cleaned, sir. Now, I have to tell you, though, this gives me pause. Now, you talk about the whole potential date rape with Akeem. As of this film now, the whole royal bathers thing, I'm like, is this forced sex labor is this forced being a forced sex Girl, worker do they sign do they sign the guidelines understanding what's expected of them yeah <laughs> again looking at it from a 2021 lens i was like yo is this is this okay like is this okay that we're using or doing this to servants and people who work for us that they have to bathe us and are apparently available to do what we so choose when we're naked in a bathtub with them you know, that narrative made me think of slavery and I got automatically really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> this is a comedy. This is a comedy. Let's I not know. go down that. <laughs> I know, but that's what, made, that's what it made me think of. I'm like, mm, probably not. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Let's move on. Lord. Oh, okay. So he was a fine man. Though. That was my point of that. He was a, he was a beautiful, beautiful was, black man. He was, he was solid don't worry solid. i'm not gonna make you i'm not gonna make you do anything you don't want to do if you show up at my house i'll tell you that 
I'll get your full consent. Okay, anyway, uh, General Izzy, in an in upcoming scene uh, as we move forward, offers his daughter this time because he finds out that Akeem is back. Prince of King Akeem, I keep calling him Prince. King Akeem is back. He had this whole son he didn't found. This time he's offering his daughter, Popoto, AKA Tiana Taylor, out here to Akeem's son. What are your thoughts on this whole performance that her and her dancers put on for this man? First of all, this is Tiana Taylor. I was not ready. (laughs) I mean, she's she's always known to give unbelievable performances. Girl, that iconic Um, moment of Kanye West video still lives in my head. Still has space in my head. She's done plenty of runways that just leave your mouth on the floor. Oh, and her abs. Lord. Okay. (laughs) Body, yaddy, yaddy. I loved it. I loved it because one of my favorite moments from the first film was the introduction of her auntie, essentially. Imani. Um, I mean, I loved it so much. Me and my mom, we had to figure out who did that. And of course, it was the Paula Abdul who choreographed it. Um, I'm happy to announce that this, in this movie, uh, the great Fatima Robinson. Girl, you stole my last line that I was going to say at the end Did of this I? whole film. I'm I was sorry. so excited. No, it's okay. We can talk about it now. I was so excited <laughs> to see that Fatima is still out here doing her thing. Guys, if Legendary. you are unaware, Fatima has been doing the thing for the longest. She, she was working with Aaliyah when yes. Aaliyah passed away she could have been on that plane so she's I have a special multiple, place in my heart for yeah Fatima. multiple of her videos legendary she's done Will Smith Wild Wild West like amazing Fatima's been doing her thing but again it's like because she almost I feel like died like mm-hmm. she just has not that that's what it takes to have a special place in my heart let's not let's be clear but she mm-hmm. does <laughs> mm-hmm. no I hear you um I loved it and I was like so they're doing prints okay I loved it I loved it it was gorgeous. Again, I was not ready. Tiana Taylor out here doing her whole thing. I appreciate that you have not She's given like, up just, just in yet. Case y'all don't forget. Yes. I have, I have talent. Thank you. So much talent. Because for a minute, she was saying she was going to retire. And I'm like, yeah. girl, don't retire out here. You have so much talent. I, mean, I don't blame her working under Kanye mm. in his current iteration. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion for another day. Mm-hmm as a part of this scene, agrees to the marriage, but first Lavelle must pass a princely test. This princely test is going to be culture, critical thinking, and courage. They give him a week. General Izzy gives him a week to get himself together in order to marry his daughter. Because again, his threat is, listen, y'all get this together or I'm going to come assassinate the king. Walk your own path was the advice given by Marimbe, his royal barber, who we see him gradually kind of uh, getting close to and confiding in mm-hmm. because he's feeling discouraged, right? He he ends up getting told a keen story from the first film, so we see some great flashbacks. Also, another trope that sequels are good for recapping the entire first movie. <laughs> <laughs> in this case, I thought it was nice just because it's been so long. So for people who mm-hmm. this may be their first introduction to coming to America, I thought it was valid and valuable and also because again you have someone who does not know his father so this is also someone who knows the history who's relaying to you like here listen this is why your father is special yeah and this Mm -hmm. is your connection to him because he's like i can't pass this test you guys want me to cut the whiskers off of a sleeping lion what the hell does that mean i am from america i am from queens new york we don't do this Mm mm-hmm 
So essentially, he takes Marimbe's advice and the, and follows in his father's footsteps, right, and chooses his own path. So he's like, you know, Akeem was trying to get him to walk the way that a prince is supposed to walk, start dressing, started doing his hair different ways. So like, listen, I'm from Queens. So he embraces who he is. He brings his uncle, Uncle Reem, over to Zamunda for help. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, he is able to fulfill the challenge. Why? Because Mika... It's a great scene where Mika bonds with him and offers mm-hmm. him some support and advice, right? Mm-hmm. We see her kind of accepting like, okay, I guess to see is what it is and you need to use your mind. It's not just, you know, what you're thinking it is. It's also about you having to think on your feet and figure out. So they end up using cat food to lure this whole lion. Bait and switch, yes. Lure this whole lion and be able to cut off the whiskers. Um, The part of the test occurs though where they had him whip out his penis and pretend to give him another circumcision was a little much for me. (laughs) That was also very hilarious to me because (laughs) it was like when he, when the shaman (laughs) wagged down the knife and then picked up something and started eating it, that was rolling on the floor. I was like, what? And then even the foreskin where he when they were showing the foreskins of the previous and Akeem's was the biggest role you've ever seen. You like hold up. And you see Leslie Jones look over at Lisa like, girl, that's you? Wait, wait, wait. She's like, if you like it here, if you like it here, don't you? That was another part too. She was like, hey. Yes. She offered up her son's whole penis. Like, listen, let them take a little bit off the top, baby. Let them take a little bit more off the top. But obviously it was a joke it was just a way again to test his courage he was like this y'all want to test my courage by cutting off my dick i just battled a whole lion yeah and your pride that's what he said Uh, yeah your manhood comes down to your pride i kind of appreciated that though It, it, it is a lesson even though you know eddie murphy doesn't really go down that route you know it was definitely a lesson keep your dick in your pants the next scene, it's always a walk in the garden, isn't it, Delora? Always. Marimbe and LaBelle are chatting. She tells him her dream to open her own barbershop. Yet again, we find out the sexism in Zamunda. <laughs> the call back to Bridgerton. Yes, it. yes. It's always a garden. <laughs> Women are not allowed to own businesses in Zamunda. What the entire fuck? That's kind of crazy considering his wife has been queen for the, or a princess for the last 30 years. You don't think she would have had anything to say about that? It's just upsetting, especially because, and as we end up getting to, Akeem had such a stark contrast initially between what he thought he was going to do once he took over from his father. And we see that not much progress has occurred in the time that we left the original film, at least in Zamunda. Um, Mm -hmm. But Lavelle mentions his intention to change things. So it seems like he, again, is following his father's footsteps as being like young, having a hunger to help and, you know, change the status quo. They kiss Delora, which is a little scandalous, right? Because this is the, this this is the future king now. That and he's betrothed. And he is betrothed to Bopoto. Mm-hmm. So after after this kiss, you know, we see Marimbe kind of run away because she acknowledges, like, listen, we shouldn't be doing this. You have a whole future wife. I gotta, I gotta keep it moving. And she's, I mean, she's essentially, I don't want to call her a servant, but she's essentially of a lower stature mm-hmm. than he is now, right? Yeah. Um, so the same reason Akeem didn't choose Imani all those years ago is the same reason why Lavelle now 
ends up not choosing Bopoto. I have in my notes, are the women from this land, do they just not have their own minds? Are they just Kardashians? <laughs> Sorry. Oh! <laughs> the shade. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. I mean, at least the next Dorian women seem to be the case, right? Because again, Imani is Bopoto's aunt and she's exactly. doing the same thing her aunt was trying to do. Exact same thing. You know, bark like a dog. What do you, whatever you want me to do, whatever you like, all that same verbiage. Mm -hmm. But he mm -hmm. wants a woman that has her own mind and that he has a connection to. He wants Marimbe. He, he, he wants Marimbe. And it's, it's really sad because you think about the fact that these it's not like these women could not be more it's that this is all that they've been brought up to do they've been yes. brought up to be a wife to be of service to whoever it is that they were going to marry and that that has not stopped in the 33 years since the first film right so after overhearing a combo between general izzy and king of king lavelle and company decide to head back to queens and lavelle marimbe are trying to get hitched Akeem follows and finds them in time at the wedding chapel. But ultimately, ultimately, he ends up approving of their nuptials because he realizes, like, we're the same. You're doing the same thing that I did. But and I'm king now, and I can change some stuff Exactly. Around. I do not have to. I am. So one thing that I find so interesting, I've heard this even in real life, is that men feel that once their father passes away, that's when they really become a man. Because you no longer have Will Smith. That other man he jumped out of yeah. freaking plane. You no longer have that other man to fall back on as being their son. You are now fully, fully no, in your element man. as a man. So mm -hmm. I think this is a pivotal moment for him, for him, especially in building this relationship essentially with his son. But I will say also, Delora, what is the rush at this point for Lavelle and Marimbe to get married? There isn't one. I feel like if anything, it was to prevent the marriage for him and Bopoto. Because yeah. I'm like, yo, it's been like a week. Exactly. And y'all are that connected that you want to spend the rest of your lives with each other? Exactly. <laughs> this is, but that's this old is weird. Tell because someone said that best too. It's like, that's the thing that we loved about coming to America. I actually had this conversation with my mom. It's, 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 it's part of the african-american canon right because it was the first film that had a all-black cast that had a mm -hmm. budget where we looked rich where we were royalty where we looked fabulous yes and and we hadn't had anything like that before i mean honestly it was wakanda it was before wakanda right and we had roots and then we had zamunda and then we have the wakanda why, why do all these end in a's <laughs> is it because of africa I, mean, all I, don't know. I don't know but it's but so because weird. of that you know the first movie is a fairy tale it's a fairy tale i and hadn't so, even thought of it like that until eddie murphy was saying that the first movie is a fairy tale i never yes, thought of it like that yes and then so i feel like they're they're playing into that with you know all of the great fairy tales they've only known each other for a week and then they fall in love and live happily ever after i mean it's a rom-com in a comedy package right yes, because all we yes. have all these comedy heavyweights but i'm glad you put that out there because that is the way that even eddie murphy now describes the first film as it's a fairy tale mm -hmm. and so some of the ridiculousness as we see it is like well i mean it is what it is because it's about the romance of it all mm -hmm. um back at the 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 palace while this is going on in america mika 
Oma and Tanashi and Simi all have to defend the castle because General Izzy comes back with his crew and is like, where's the king? Where's Lavelle? It's time for them to get married. They have been, you know, stringing them along this whole time. They have. But at the same time, I felt like this was such a pivotal point because it finally showed that like Mika and her sisters are fully capable of doing everything that they need to do to protect the kingdom right like you raised me to be an independent woman let me show you what i can do and even this was the point where it struck a tone of diplomacy because remember before it was always about well if this doesn't go as we want it to be it's war and she was like listen are you ready to have diplomatic conversations now so Mm. she pushed their relationship forward in a way that her father had not been able to so it was really a pivotal scene the to be loved Lisa serenade when a king gets mm-hmm. back made me smile. Yeah, it was very sweet. I loved it. That was a way for him to get back into his wife's good graces because, again, she didn't put him out the bedroom. She told him about himself. She was over it. Lisa, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, why isn't Lisa talking? Why doesn't she have too many speaking mm-hmm. scenes? But mm-hmm. she came fully into her element by mid-film and I appreciate it because I'm like Lisa was always very outspoken always she was always very strong-minded that's what he wanted exactly and that's what we loved about Lisa from the first film you know so the big finale Dolores I have in my notes is Lavelle Marimbe's wedding in Zamunda because they end up not getting married in that chapel uh by Reverend Brown after all I want to say my I I love that scene because Reverend Brown was hilarious he was in, in his black socks in his black socks with no pants ashley and then a king king akeem couldn't even say it he was like are we in this glorious house of the what <laughs> is this, this? The house of God? yeah what is this <laughs> this looks like a chapel in vegas what is about it too is house of god what is wonderful about this scene too is that in subsequent interviews with um Arsenio Hall, he is from a family of ministers. So he really did take inspiration from his family members and put together this character. I love that so much because I'm like, listen, preachers are entertainers to a certain extent, right? They Um, all have their shtick. And that's not to say that they're not credible, but they all have their shtick for sure. I mean, you have to be charismatic charismatic to be able to hold the attention of you so absolutely many people. do and you absolutely um, do. side note pbs has this whole series called the black church and it's broken up into uh you know episodes phenomenal well done and they kind of talk about that how you know our preachers have always been you know able to captivate an audience mm-hmm. um and you know the call and response that's just that's part of our culture so yeah. yes um, coming from a family where my father is a minister, I yes. will say it definitely is performative. I used to really enjoy my father's Sunday sermons, but it is absolutely a performative art form. Mm-hmm. And obviously most of them are not to the extent of Reverend Brown, but hilarious. Again, big finale is this wedding, complete with the performance by none other than Randy Watson. And, and sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love this scene because Marimbe's like, who is it? Is, is it Diana Ross? Who could be better than Diana Ross? And all the Queens people are like, no, like they are so enthralled. They're so excited that it is freaking Randy Watson and sexual chocolate. I loved it. He was just, uh, the, his face is always so funny to me. Eddie, Eddie is just so good at this. Randy Watson is one of my favorite characters from the first film. Absolutely. So I'm glad that he was in there because I was for a minute like, are we not going to have an appearance? You know, this is the end of the film. So I was a little worried. Um, Mika is also told by King Akeem that she will rule as queen after Akeem is gone. The laws will be changed and Lavelle will serve as ambassador to America. Mm, what a amazing. sweet moment for her what a mm -hmm. sweet moment to wrap up the film and to utilize the whole narrative of you know obviously coming into the 21st century realizing yes. that women are more than capable of ruling and of being in positions of power and also it's women's history month so you, <laughs> you you're right that we need to correct. see some women in some positions of power okay exactly um what was your favorite cameo or moment from the film you think oh there were so many i would say morgan freeman because i'm like wait is that morgan freeman and then <laughs> um i didn't expect to see rick ross when i saw him and then the last one would be um the basketball player the one um he has a oh, Mutombo. Yeah, Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I didn't expect to see that one. What about yes. you? My favorite cameo or moment from the film, I feel like my favorite moments were fashion moments because, again, mm -hmm. I was just so intrigued by all the various outfits. That Bulgari snake necklace gave me my whole life. Yes. I was like, oh, my God. Yes. Like, Lisa, those are gifts you've given out, boo. I mean, she's a queen, so my it's God, it's nothing. My God, I did but appreciate their friendship, though. I did enjoy that. It was super cute, especially because you, given the sense of like a Meghan Markle feel, right? Where like I left everything I knew, I went to a whole yes. other country. I don't have anybody I relate to in the way that I did. So this is her, somebody that came from her same hometown. Exactly. We're speaking the same language. You're reminding me of who I am. It was very fun. Remember at the same time, singing the same songs. Yes. Who's your bitch say what? <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> it was just, it was very fun. I did, I, I agree with and you. Maybe I love their relationship. And Maria to get her out of her shell to call him out on his BS when she did, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the relationship with Leslie Jones, aka Mary Johnson, was definitely helpful for her to possibly come back into her own. Because as I said, at the beginning of the film, it was like, Lisa, where are you? Like, it's mm -hmm. like you're a shell of who you once were. You're now very regal and beautiful. And shout out to Sherry Headley, by the way. She's aging like fine fucking wine Absolutely. out here in these streets. Absolutely. But she did not seem like her full self. So I agree with you. It seemed like once the Queen's folks came in, that you started seeing more of the old Lisa again that we so loved from the first film. Um, oh, Trevor Noah. I did yes. not him. With that awful mustache. Oh, so hilarious. I again. just want to know, like, <laughs> sir, is this your full accent or is this a fake accent? Like, is this how you sound when you go home? Do you put it on for us in America and you kind of like lighten your accent? <laughs> Excellent his point. accent was so thick in the mm -hmm. film compared to how he talks on his show but yes i loved his cameo thank you for that because he was definitely a funny one i think 
I enjoyed all of the nuggets. I also love the um the two the twins who came back in the film <laughs> from the yes. first one. My name is Peaches, and I'm the best. All the DJs want to fill my breast or chest, whichever. Yes, I loved all of those moments that harken back to the original because it's nostalgia. Yes. It made me feel good. It made me remember why I loved the first film I so much. I actually have that in my notes. So many callbacks. So yes. many. Yes, it was a good time. I mean, like I said, I gave it a C because the first time I looked at it very critically, but the second time I was just here for it. I was just enjoying myself for what it was. And then John Legend these drops that John Legend had, both of singing yes. the Queen to Be and the Coming yes. to America song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, those possibly were my favorite things yes. about the film, like no shade, but I live for it. And then as we already talked about the Fatima choreographing um, element I had in my notes as well. Did you have anything else that you enjoyed or loved about this film before we wrap up our recap? I... It's just that I, it, it was a joy. And again, you, you may know this because we watch the same show on a regular basis, but um, Eddie Murphy was originally supposed to do, be the shaman, but he, he found out how long it would take to be in makeup and makeup. And he was like, oh no, that's you Arsenio. That kind of cracked me up a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Like you go ahead and take that. I also thought it was funny that um he originally wanted tracy morgan to be his son and then arsenio yes. was like bro y'all are like the same age like same he age. cannot be your son not at also all. i also read today that ryan coogler originally came to him with an idea about michael b jordan playing his son Ooh, and that, that, good. that my brother had mentioned to me he wished had been the case because he didn't feel the son was as strong in terms of the story i um you mean the actor? Was the actor. Yeah, who played I can his see son. that because I, 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 I can't say I really connected with him very well. You know, yeah. I think he kind of grew on me a little bit, but honestly, he, I enjoyed Leslie Jones more, or you know, Akeem yeah. more, you know, other people more. And I mean, um, I don't mind that actor getting that moment and getting his shine on because, because actually, I'm, I'm glad to see him getting his star raised you know what i mean for sure and and to eddie's point because his point was then it would just be all about the sun i think michael b jordan at this point is too big of a star Girl, to put yes. in that role and not be the focal point of the movie right because and then funny is he funny and then all we're gonna care about is michael b jordan and who are you gonna cast opposite michael b jordan right like it's not yeah. because it takes you out of the element of coming to america if you put somebody of that caliber possibly in that role so i kind of agree with eddie on that and can we also talk about james earl jones is 90 years old legend he showed up for this movie i'm like yes sir I loved, you know, he had to be in the bed, but you got to do what you got to do when you're 90. You Listen, know? his voice is still intact. And that's intact. the main focus point of James Earl right. Jones. Exactly. What did I just say? James Earl Jones. Guys, forgive me. It's the whiskey. James <laughs> Earl Jones. So overall, Delora, I'm glad that you really enjoyed it, that you got so much humor out of it. I hope that all of our listeners whether you felt like it lived up to the original or not, that you took some humor out of this, that you took yeah. it for what it was and enjoyed it a little bit on the day you watched it. And I'm going to say, I think I, I was able to get the humor because I didn't have any expectations for it. I think that yeah. that's what that was. Keeping expectations low helps. Don't you think? <laughs> it does. It does. I, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Laura. Well, that is it for our recap of coming to America, the sequel. All right, Ashley, it's time for Hidden Gems. Yep, yep. I'll go first. Okay, so 
Netflix original uh, reality show. It's called Buried by the Bernards. It is an American reality comedy series created by Netflix. The series centers the Bernard family who operates our Bernard funeral services in Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, it's eight episodes and it premiered this year, February 12th. I thought this show was hilarious. I, I thought it was interesting considering they are you know funeral home owners right um mm-hmm. and and we've dealt with such an intense year when it when it come when it came to death in our society um but it just was it it was good to it was good to see their perspective obviously this was before the pandemic and um the the family is funny the uncle reminds me of somebody i know my own uncle on <laughs> my mom's side you know um it, it was a good show and i mean this is hilarious they're known for really really low prices and actually hmm. they're known for having a drive through viewing oh that is okay. what made them popular and their ridiculous commercials which they they actually film one in one of the episodes so I recommend it's is light it's a light watch like I mentioned it's it's eight episodes and um Ryan's daughters uh Reagan and Deja are so sweet and cute well that's uh, good to know because I had seen the promo and I was like I feel like it's such a hustle mm-hmm. in funeral home service so I struggle with that industry to be honest I think, I think they kind of expose that a little bit not I shouldn't say expose it but you feel like somebody was like oh this is an opportunity let's let's do it now i will say they are professional and they do take their jobs very seriously but you kind of get the business side of things for sure okay well i'm glad you mentioned i'll have to check it out (laughs) all right and my second hidden gem which isn't really a hidden gem if you are a lover of podcasts the read the podcast (laughs) they are the og they've been around since 2013 uh it's hosted by kid fury and kit and crystal and uh, the formal explanation of their show is a, a weekly hip-hop pop culture um, podcast and um, throwing shade, spilling tea with a flippant and humorous attitude. Uh, no star is safe from Fury and Crystal unless your name is Beyonce or Blue Ivy. So that's <laughs> their official um, summary of their podcast. I've been listening to them since I've been listening to podcasts, I think since 2014, 2015. This is the very first podcast I've ever heard. I think I introduced them to you, didn't I? No, it was my girl, Tamitra. Shout out, by the way, it's Tamitra's birthday. Happy birthday, boo. Yeah, she was the first person that ever introduced me to it. It's the first podcast I've ever, I had ever heard. Yes, I uh, fell in in love with them instantly and I have uh, continued my love affair with them ever since <laughs> they're very um nonchalant they seem like they don't care but they they are obviously intelligent and hilarious yeah and uh they speak on black culture and black things so if you are a part of our lighter expression aka white people you know <laughs> i will say proceed with caution but if you're not afraid to hear what they have to say I highly recommend. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Laura. So my hidden gems this week, as usual, I, we have labeled this hidden gems, but obviously, guys, we give you some things that are on the popular spectrum. Yes. And today is no exception for me because my first hidden gem is Nomadland, girl, which obviously won the, won the Gold Globe. I'm about to already call it Oscar winner, even yeah. though it's very highly is favored. Is it really that good, Ashley? So the reason why I am giving it my hit, one of my hidden gems is because I enjoyed this film so much that I was sad when it was over. Really? I was. And I think the reason for it, from my perspective, mm -hmm. is especially because of the past year and me not really being able to travel visually, it was so it was so enthralling to go on this whole journey with the main character mm -hmm. and to be able to travel and to be able to be out in nature and the visuals of it were so beautiful. And also for me, it was about really going on a journey with someone and walking a mile in someone's shoes that I don't think I'll ever experience mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. this is really about a woman who has lost her husband and her her whole life and livelihood based on the recession. So mm. she ends up becoming a nomad and traveling around in a van. So that is an experience in existence that I don't think I'll ever experience in my mm -hmm. lifetime. Mm -hmm. So I think it was really just that, what is it like to walk in a mile in someone else's shoes? I think that I understand why Chloe Zhao won her award because to think about all the locations they had to shoot at, to think about mm. how they had to block, to think about how they had to adjust for weather and all these things and also still lay out a full compelling story. It was, it was probably I just really enjoyed it. Exactly. Compared and to I one really night in Miami it. where it was in it was one, stagnant. Exactly. One and and room. Regina King, obviously, we think phenomenal. that film was phenomenal. Absolutely. But I will say that Nomadland, I could see inherently what the challenges could have been. And it, I watched it on Hulu. It is available on Hulu. Yes. And I just found it, like I said, it was such an es escape for me because I love to travel and it's something I have not been able to do. So, so Ashley, I will say this. I assume that nomad land was getting all its accolades because it was like the only studio film and i thought it was like a political thing that these awards were awarding you know this studio film over you know the amazons or the mm -hmm. netflix and things like that so mm -hmm. hearing this makes me a little bit more warm or more willing to watch it <laughs> yeah and i mean obviously as we've seen in the entertainment business i'm sure there was definitely politics involved in it as well right mm -hmm. but i can just give you my perspective as to why i enjoyed it and why i chose to give it a hidden gem like i really was sad like i kept kind of rewinding it a little bit so that it mm -hmm. wasn't over yet because it mm -hmm. just felt like I could breathe. It felt like I was on the road and mm. I was out living this life a little bit. Not that I ever want to live in a van because I don't think it's for me, no. but to, to, to see that this is a lifestyle that some people had to live and to see this woman's journey, I thoroughly enjoyed. So that's Nomadland on Hulu. My second is Queen Sugar. Also, yeah. also watching this show on Hulu. So let me explain, guys. I know this is not a new show whatsoever. It started in 2016. It's an own show created and produced by Ava DuVernay. But Agreed. I didn't have cable when this show first started, right? And it's the own network show. So I would hear coworkers talking about it, but I never got into it. And now it's on Hulu. So I am watching season one and I'm like, oh my God, this is excellent. Like I'm so enjoying this story oh, so of this season family. One, huh? I'm season. I'm just. I'm just. I'm on episode like six of oh, season wow. one. And so to be fair, I'm just starting I the journey. It and I stopped it, but yes, 
I'm glad. Welcome to the club. Welcome. Thank you. And I just, you know, it's Black Excellence. I think performance-wise, it's, it's amazing. Storyline, it's amazing. It's a family show really about this, uh, the father as well as the, the, the children and their children and their family drama. And it's just so rich. You also have so many elements to it. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. So Queen Sugar is definitely another recommendation for me. My last one, and guys, we're going to hopefully microdose this, Soul of a Nation. If you are not watching this on ABC, episode two just yes. dropped. This airs on Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. on ABC. This first season, I believe, is going to be six episodes. We had the first episode common kicking things off with, um, you know, some, some spoken words. Sterling K. Brown was the host. This past week, it was Marseille Martin. There are some really good segments in there. Uh, Sonny Halston uh, hosts a segment that I love. You know, I have learned so much just from these first two episodes. I wasn't aware of the whole reparations discussion going on at Evanston, Illinois. And they're, they, they really do a good job, too, for me of bridging the serious with the lighter. Because sometimes mm. shows like this can be very heavy. And so I like that they also incorporate music. And we get performances from John Legend and from oh, her. Wow. And, you know, know, yeah, it, it's I think they do a really good job of how they produce the show and put the show together to because offer little levity all heavy stuff no there's some levity in there and there's some mm -hmm. humor in there and i think you come away with because what i was also thinking about this past tuesday was if i were completely unfamiliar if i'm not of the black community would this make sense to me and would i get something from it and i think you i think and i hope that those who are not in the black community come away with so much from this show and that's what i appreciate more than anything so like I said, guys, highly recommend Soul of a Nation airing on ABC Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. And Delora and I will hopefully be microdosing that on our next episode. Yes. Those are my hidden gems, darling. Thank you, Ashley. Of course. Oh, my goodness. So we did it. 21. Can 21. you believe it? We grown out here. We, we drink age. We are. <laughs> I'm so happy to be doing this with you, Ashley. So Me too. Um, as, just quick note. We are not going to drop an episode next week, but we will return Friday, March 26th. Yes. Um, with WandaVision. I am beyond excited. Y'all don't understand. <laughs> Marvel to the death. I am too excited I'm to talk about this show. So excited. And it is worth the hype. Absolutely. So Absolutely. And guys, if you miss us in the in-between, because you know, everybody needs a break. We need a little break. Uh, feel free to go back and re-listen to some of our episodes because again, we have 21 at this point for you Absolutely. to listen to. <laughs> Ashley, have you had any favorite ones so far? Are they all individual children that you they love? They are all my children <laughs> and I love them all. Yes, yes, yes. Love them all. And again, we love you guys for sticking yes. with us and listening to us every single week. Thank and you. And Delora, I love you from the bottom of my soul. I love you too, Ashley. <laughs> Wouldn't do this with anyone else. Oh, well, on that note, guys, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Be blessed. Have the best month possible. Absolutely. Be safe. Bye. Bye.